007, are you kidding me? Oh, on yeah, Valentine's Day? And he's missed opportunity here. And he is, he is not, he's the, not the best figures. romantic figure. <laughs> he, is, he does not have a good long-term relationship with me here. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Protagonist. I'm Todd Mack here with Joseph Dorowski. And uh, normally, each week, we look at one great character and a great story. Uh, today, we're going to shake things up a little bit. Uh, it's Valentine's Day is coming up, and we've decided in the um, to take a page from uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasts, The Incomparable, uh, which uh, often will do drafts. And so today, we're going to do a draft. It's fantasy draft, and we're drafting great... Uh, characters and great love stories. So I've got a list of uh, of characters and love stories. Joseph, you're ready with your list? I am quite prepared. I'm a noted romantic, so I was really well-suited for this kind of draft. And I think that I realized in preparing for this draft how unromantic I am. <laughs> um, Joseph, so this you're... is going to be really interesting our producer andrew will be the judge of who drafts the best team of romantic couples or romantic characters now joseph is your noted romanticism in reference to the uh famous or infamous sonnet you wrote in high school that had a blank space to insert names i did uh i I did write a shakespearean sonnet that had a blank space and depending on how many syllables were in a girl's name i could insert I, i would write in their name or my or my dear if they only had a one syllable name i think i left it up open up to three syllables uh i should note though that was completely as you know tongue-in-cheek and a joke and it did not land me any dates because everyone was just laughing along with me with me that was the plan was to get laughs uh by doing that yes playing the fool exactly (laughs) so let's talk about let's talk about this draft for a minute let's set up some sort of general rules here so we'll take turns um, once you've drafted uh, a story, then that story is off the board. So um, I we need to set, we need to clarify a couple of things here. What if uh, you choose film version of a story? Then are it, is a novel version or another film version of that story still open, or are we just saying uh, that one? And I don't want to give examples here, but I think that you want to tease probably, me with us. Yeah. With an option, let's just choose um, if if there was a love story that was called let's say, let's "Love say, Blooms okay, so this in is a, the Field." Yes, classic okay, love story. So, "Love Blooms in the Field," classic love story that started as a nineteenth century realist novel. Uh, so, say I picked the novel, but then there was a film version made in the nineteen thirties, and then a film version made in the nineteen seventies. Are those Robert three Redford, separate right? picks? With Robert Redford, or, yeah, in, in both of yeah, them. Robert Redford. <laughs> yes. Uh, so. So uh, no, I would say that, that is one story pick. Once that been... story is claimed, no one else okay. can lay claim to love blooms in the field. Okay, now what okay. if there are two romantic couples in the story, and you so... pick that sto- pick one couple stories, from that story? The way I understand this is we're picking stories, not characters. So once you pick love blooms in the field, it, uh, that story is off the board, meaning all characters in the story are off the board. Right. All yes. romances. And if you choose a television show that had multiple romantic characters, the show once the show has been claimed, it's out. You can't, you know, you can't claim yes. any of the alternative characters. Yes. All right. Uh, I'm on board with that. Now, this is our for first the show. attempt at this kind of draft, so we may feel out a few kinks. Mm-hmm. If this works, we will be doing 
this kind of show again in the future. Uh, but for today, this is going to be an experiment. We'll see how it goes. No, I, I, I think it's going to be good. I have a question with your with your television sh- series uh, stipulation. I have a feeling it's safe. I don't feel like either of you are going to pick something from this show. So I'm going to throw it out there. Something like don't ER say don't say has a million love stories. Was that your number one choice? Yes. <laughs> are you kidding me? No, it wasn't my first choice. But I want, if you pick one one couple from ER, ER's off the board. Yeah, or uh, you know what is it the the days of our lives has been running for fifty years. If you choose yes. one from the radio version of that soap opera, which <laughs> then transitioned to television, you've eliminated the television show uh, okay. by by choosing that radio couple from the nineteen forties. Okay, note to self: scratch from list days of our lives and ER. <laughs> There could be some gamesmanship there. Try and take, you know, something that you think the other one has. So, yeah, when I was when I was prepping my list, I actually did think, okay, this would be my number one choice. But would it be on Todd's list at all? Could I save it till later, or do I need to draft one of these that I think is going to be Todd's? I I don't think that the same thing has not uh, gone through my mind. I think we should get started. Should we? Do you want to flip a coin? Does somebody have a coin to flip? Yeah, yeah, I I, I pulled out a coin beforehand. All right, producer Andrew will flip the coin. Okay, now. One of you needs to pick heads or tails. I'll be heads, Todd is tails. Okay. It is heads. That was so loud. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it actually hit the mic. <laughs> I'll, I'll tone that down. Uh, it's it's heads. Which one of us was heads? <laughs> you were heads. Okay. <laughs> Pretty sure you were heads. All right. With my first selection in our... The protagonist podcast, Valentine's Day Draft. I am taking a couple who won the hearts of audiences everywhere, uh, whose story in only a few short minutes moved everyone from the heights of adoration to the throes of despair. I'm, of course, choosing Carl and Ellie Fredrickson from the film Up. Oh, that is such a good pick. Which... the, the, the montage way, in the, in the moment when you find out that she's infertile or she lost a baby, it's kind of unclear. That movie should have been called Down. <laughs> that, that was so sad. I rewatched this opening montage uh, in preparation for this this morning, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to talk about it tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh! What a pick! What a pick! That is, yeah, I it's, will it's say about, this about that about, is a um, solid opener. Up is not my favorite Pixar film, but that sequence at the beginning of Up is one of the greatest what five or ten minutes of, of, of any film ever. Yeah. And it's yeah. almost all silent. It's not entirely. I mean, you, they meet as kids and they talk to each other, but then we get this beautiful montage of them growing up, of them getting married, of them working together in the house, working together at the zoo. She fixing his tie. You know, you see a different tie as he grows older. Um, the shape of the tie changes and she puts a bow tie on when they're both old uh you see them oh, uh imagine that they're going to have kids by looking at the clouds and the clouds turn into babies and then there's the very the heart-wrenching sa- you know scene of her crying at a doctor's office and and uh, yeah. him consoling her and then it, i mean they they don't stop ripping out your heart there because <laughs> they had the whole goal of you know going on a grand adventure and you see that they've just lived their life there uh, together in this home, and it's stuff beautiful. keeps happening, and they keep having to break the bank to yeah. pay to pay for stuff. And then uh, oh, he man. finally just says, "I'm going to take her," and he buys the tickets 
and that's when he's taking her up to a picnic where they first had their 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 first date up, up this hill when they were when they were young, and she collapses on the way up the hill, and he had the tickets in the basket to take her on the adventure to Paradise Falls, and then uh, then it's a shot in the hospital and then the funeral, and then later on in the movie there's the callback where he's looking at the photos in their adventure book. And she says, you know, this is the, the book they always plan to put in the photos of their adventures around the whole world. And she says, thank you for the adventure of living with, with you. Oh, man. I, can I concede right now? I, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not going <laughs> to laugh for the rest of this whole episode. Oh. That is such a good pick. I was expecting um, to win just with that one. You know, you, if you oh. have the number one draft choice, you've got to nail it. We, we see this in sports all the time. If you, if you nailed it, and that one, was not... That was not even on my radar, and that's why you are the romantic uh, <laughs> member of our team. Which, by the uh, way, uh, listening audience, man, I am not, not noted for being a romantic. Uh, that is not something that people who, who know me in real life uh, associate with me, but I was very proud <laughs> of that pick. <laughs> that was a really, really good pick. All right, so Todd, my team consists of Carl and Ellie Fredrickson, who is the first that you'll be drafting. Oh, Todd, you really need to hope that he has... No depth in his list. It was all. <laughs> it's all one Unloaded up draft. front. <laughs> it, was, well, so, it was like the year of LeBron so, James. There was LeBron James, and then <laughs> yeah. So I had a um, I had a really interesting time thinking about this. Uh, I realized a couple of things um, going through this. Uh, one is that um, the most romantic, quote unquote, romantic couples. Um, are not really people that I would necessarily want on my team, like any team. <laughs> um, and so, so uh, not I on your quiz a, show do, team, uh, not on your athletic team, not on no, not on any team. But I will tell you who I would like to have on my team is a uh, a great romantic couple, also from film, not from an animated film, but from the great nineteen eighty seven film the princess bride and i'm going with wesley and buttercup that was on my list you, you took nice they were in my uh, sniping <laughs> so first of all the princess bride is one of the uh my favorite films from growing up and um and uh it's just populated with fantastic characters uh top to bottom and um and Wesley and Buttercup's love is true. And while I don't think that Buttercup is the strongest uh, character ever. Um, she's not the weakest. Uh, she is not the <laughs> weakest. And she does, she does jump into the, into the ocean uh, with the Shrieking Eels. And uh, she has her moments. She has her great moments. But, um, but man, uh, I think it's probably because I was listening to the soundtrack uh, as I was working uh, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. They played a song uh, that they played at the end of that um, that film. The, the and, one uh, with the words. Man, just, uh, yeah, Love is Like a Storybook Story. My goodness, just practically brought a tear to my eye. I must have watched that movie a thousand times when I was a kid. So that's my first pick. I'm going with The Princess Bride. Um, and uh, I mean, we're talking, about, we're talking about great characters and great stories. And The Princess Bride, like I said, is just chock full of fantastic characters. And it's it's a good story. You got Andre the Giant. You've got Inigo Montoya. <laughs> so you've and it, got, it is so uh, quotable. Uh, you've got the, the yes. miracle worker Max. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and his uh, wife. Yeah, and he, I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. 
my wage. <laughs> Uh, you've got, um, you've got the grandpa, you've got, uh, Vizzini. You've got Fasini. I don't even know how you actually say his name. It's fantastic. Yeah. There's just so many great, great characters in that, um, in that film. So I'm taking that as my number one pick, Wesley and Buttercup from The Princess Bride. Now, Todd, with, with your pick, I want to ask, what is the most romantic moment between them in the film? Oh, that's a really good question. Um... With my choice, it was the five minutes of their lives that we saw. That yeah, your, your choice. <laughs> your, your choice has no additional questions. <laughs> um, I, uh... That's a really good question. Um, I like when she's... I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a sucker for... Uh, the whole farm boy thing at the beginning. Farm boy, fetch me that picture. And then they, they kind of stare into each other's eyes. That's and, actually and the moment I was thinking of. Said, stop, 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 stop. Is this a kissing book? I really like that part. That's so, actually uh, what yeah, came to my mind. Okay, well, I'm glad we're on the same page. From Princess Bride. All right, Joseph, you're up. Uh, my second pick is uh, from a long-running science fiction series a a british television show that has won the hearts of many americans in the last decade i'm of course talking about doctor who and the love story i am selecting is rory and amy the last centurion uh that's a mighty fine pick i did not have that on my list but um my hat goes off to you again yes dr dorowski that's a fine fine pick thank you dr mack so uh particularly the storyline that I love about this couple is uh, I won't get into all the insane time travel, you know, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly things that happen with this, but Rory chooses to sit outside of a cage where Amy has been trapped in suspended animation, and at the time Rory is a plastic automaton that will live forever, and he sits outside to protect this, so that, to ensure that no harm comes to the woman that he loves for 2,000 years. Uh... <laughs> That is dedication. <laughs> that is that is love. That he is willing to sit there and just guard her for two thousand years until this this cage is going to be opened. Uh, it's got a very very long term timer on it uh, <laughs> before it will open, and she's trapped in suspended animation within it. And he watches over her for that long. And uh, I guess that that description makes it seem as though she is a damsel in distress. But trust me, if you watch all of the series, Amy Pond is no damsel in distress. Just waiting. Yeah, she's really her. great. Uh, just it happens to be in the storyline. The grand romantic gesture that happens is is that moment of of him waiting, waiting out there. But then you know all sorts of other great things happen. She proposes to him. He takes her last name. All sorts of great things uh, throughout the series. But but the the story of the last centurion, which becomes within uh, the Doctor Who universe, this this myth of the last centurion who only arrives when this artifact that they found is is in danger, and he he protects it and then disappears again. Uh, you know that that, that storyline builds up around this this artifact that no one knows what it is, but it's really the, just this prison that has Amy Pond within it. Is there a particular episode, um, like uh, that you can point us to if somebody were interested in maybe following that story or seeing the Last Centurion thing? Pause. If not, I mean, we can look, we can no, we can look it up later if we. Yeah, want, I was gonna say but... not not without googling some. I don't remember even okay. which because they were the companions for about three seasons, I think. And so I'm not sure off the top of my head which season 
even uh, had them in it. Oh, I mean, Christian had that, that storyline within it. That's, uh, you just made me think of, so I can't pick this, um, because Doctor Who has been picked, which is, <laughs> seems like sort of unfair. <laughs> but, uh, but man, if we were talking about Doctor Who, you would have to talk about the Doctor and, um, Rose. and, uh, River. Oh, Doctor River and Doctor River. Rose. I was thinking of Rose, the, the alternative Doctor that ends up on. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah, human yeah, yeah. Doctor. Yeah. That yeah, Rose the Doctor that. Mm-hmm. Teach him humanity again. Yes, but the Doctor oh, and River, man. There's a lot of good stories. Wedding and River song, holy cow. Yeah, there's some good stuff there. That's a fine pick. I've always been fond of the Doctor and the TARDIS, but that was really just the one Neil Gaiman That's episode. That was, that was a really good episode, though. <laughs> the TARDIS is given human form. Or yes, it was. Humanoid form, I guess I should say. All right. Is that is that for your pick? Yes, uh, yeah, I think that that covered most of what I wanted to say about that one. Okay, so we've had this is hard. My team is uh, up with Carl and Ellie and Doctor Who with Rory and Amy. But you mentioned a couple other really good. There are some other good romance stories in Doctor Who as well. Yeah, and currently your team has That's Princess a... Bride with Wesley and Buttercup. I'm just saying, Joseph. Um, I'm looking at your options, and there's a lot of lonely guy missing his girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I may have to rearrange my number three because I just realized uh, <laughs> there's a trend. <laughs> there might be a trend. I might shift number three down to number five. I don't think it's going to be taken. I'll keep that one in the back pocket. <laughs> okay. Um. So for my number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in time a little bit. I, I was as I was making my list. I came up with a whole bunch of um, 1990s and 1980s uh, characters and stories, uh, movies. But uh, but then I thought, you know what? I'm going to go classic. I'm going to go old school. So I'm going all the way back, and I'm going to go for my number two pick: Odysseus and Penelope from the <sighs> Odyssey. I thought you were going to take my number three that I was just talking about, uh, shifting around. <laughs> That is not that is not it, but I have a mythological one in my uh, in my list here. Ooh, there's uh, yeah. And now that now that I'm kind of in that vein, I can think of some of the really good ones that you may or may not take. But Odysseus and Penelope. So Odysseus goes on this long, long adventure. He's gone for twenty years, and uh, I think that's right. Twenty. Uh, yeah. I have noticed. I have noticed that on this podcast, every once in a while, usually I will just say something. Then I think that it's totally right, and then as I go back and listen to it, it's totally wrong. So maybe twenty, maybe more. Twenty-ish years, a while, goodly while. And Penelope is at home waiting for him, and she has all of these men throwing themselves at her, and she uses her uh, brain to hold them off until Odysseus can come back and clean up the mess that's boy does he turn boy does he clean it up. But, uh, man, Odysseus is just a... He's a stand-up guy. And, Question, uh, Penelope, though. Yeah. Does he fall in love with Calliope while he's wandering away from his wife? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not going to check that detail too hard. <laughs> just when I mean, you said he was a stand-up guy, I was trying to think back. I'm like, is that... That's Odysseus, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is Odysseus. And he ends up on uh, the island for a while and uh and uh probably you know 
enjoys some of the pleasures of the island. But by golly, he makes it back. And he, and he uh, really defends his wife's honor when he gets there. Yes, he does. But she is, I mean, she has a lot of agency in her, um, I mean, she, she's, as is typical in, in Western literature, he's on this big journey and she's at home. Uh, but, he, but at home, I think, she's a, I think she's a really great, strong female character. And, uh, and so I like that. So my number two pick, Odysseus and Penelope. Do, does your rule, uh, one, one story is all versions of that story, that applies to adaptations? Yeah, so anything inspired by the Odyssey is now off the table. So, no, oh brother, where art thou? Gone. <laughs> no, brother, oh, oh brother, where art thou? Where art thou? Is still on the table. I was going to ask, did you just take all of Greek mythology? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I only took that. I only took the story of the Odyssey. All right. So you're up. Well, all right. I'm not going to Greek mythology right now. I'm going to shift that one down a, a selection or two. Uh, I am going to take with my third pick in our draft a, uh, a famous couple, a couple that's been adapted many times from their original novel into miniseries and film. A couple I have a feeling. who each I have a had feeling. to overcome pride and prejudice <laughs> in order <laughs> to see the true nature that the other one had. They both had pride and they both had prejudice that they had to overcome in order for Lizzie and Fitzwilliam Darcy, Lizzie Bennet and Fitzwilliam Darcy, to come together in the end. <laughs> Did you have a particular version, a particular iteration? You know, I am... I, in okay. fact, I will let you pick and choose. You can pick any Lizzie and any Darcy if you want. <laughs> I have to say... Oh, you can mix and match? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, well, as far as performances, I think I take the Keira Knightley Lizzie and the Colin Firth Darcy. But I have to say, the novel—that is the exact opposite of what I would I would take. And I think um, my contemporary females would take the the opposite of what you just picked. You're all wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the novel is del- a delightful read. Uh, Jane Austen is wonderfully snarky. It is funny to read Pride and Prejudice. And there have been a lot of really good adaptations. And, you know, spoiler warning, we're going to talk about Pride and Prejudice at some point in this podcast. But we've already been debating which version should we talk about with that story. I know which version I would go I know which version I would go for. Which one? I'd either take either take the novel or the, uh, the was it, is it the A&E version? The really long BBC one? BBC A&E, yeah. The BBC A&E, yeah, I'd take that one. But I think some of my favorite moments of... In adapting that story come from the Keira Knightley one, uh, which she's uh, like just the directing is amazing in some moments. The long yeah, it is shots really through the house where you see every family member doing like the iconic things that those family members do at the party scene, and the spinning yeah. of in the swing for the passage of time. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that is better directed than the Annie one, uh, but the Annie slash BBC version, I, I, you get more of the story obviously because they they had five. It's just really hours, I think. To tell I it. think it's. I think it's because um, so we read that in high school. I think we were probably in the same class. Mrs. Gessel. Um, yeah, and uh, and I remember thinking like I don't, I don't know what the big deal about the story is. Um, and then some of our friends, mutual friends, like sat me down. I don't know if you were there. I think I was. And we was like there. we watched watched the whole entire thing. I think Can I name drop there. some of our friends who may have been there? That will mean nothing uh, it to us. Would have been like Harley Crawford and Lyndon Lyndon Tyler. When the Tyler was probably there, and yeah, and uh, and it it uh, gave me like a lot of those really really great friends of mine from high school um, gave me 
an appreciation for something that I didn't appreciate as well as I should have, and now it's um, it's one of the, the great stories. So great characters and great stories. Absolutely, uh, you have stolen uh, Lizzie and Darcy from me. So. I had to claim this one because it's possible that I have a firstborn daughter named after Lizzie Bennet. <laughs> uh, then you can you can have her. A fine a fine pick. All right. What is your uh, third Where pick? Where do Mac? I go from here? Mm-hmm. I know. I had mine ordered out, and I've already shifted. Not just because Andrew pointed out the theme <laughs> that I had going on, <laughs> which does not apply to Lizzie and Darcy uh, at all. Uh, but it just also just like, oh, well, this one's actually better than that one, even though I had numbered them in what order I think I should draft them beforehand. Yeah, I um, I'm I'm just gonna try to mix it up a little bit. So we uh, we've got uh, a cartoon, we've got a sci-fi TV show. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, so one of my favorite things to do uh, when I'm kind of wound up is to um, settle down with a good detective story uh, TV show. There are lots and lots of them to choose from, but not very many that have really great love stories. And uh, I'm going to, for my pick number three, I'm going to take Richard Castle and Kate Bennett, uh, Beckett from uh, Castle. I have an That's enduring hand crush on Nathan Fillion, which uh, <laughs> makes me approve <laughs> of all things that he's involved in. Uh, and I love the show Castle. I, I enjoy it. It's just fun and entertaining, and his performance is great. But I always feel that kind of, there's a, a hole where I feel like I like him in Castle, but I wish he was still doing Firefly. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I can appreciate it. I th- Firefly, um, I mean, Firefly's Firefly, and there's nothing that any nerd can say against Firefly because it's John Sweden. And yeah, it's, there'll, there'll be pitchforks uh, that come out. Right. So, yeah. but I, I, I think Castle stands on its own as a really great story. And here's the thing that I love about Castle. Um, there is this, uh, so, I mean, everybody can understand, like, the tension, and, and the, a lot of, um, the, hmm, interest in a, in a love story can come from this kind of will-they-won't-they they tension, right? Right. Uh, it happens in lots of stories, the reason why Twilight, I think one of the reasons that Twilight just, uh, hooked so many people is because there's this great, like, well, they won't. They we know that they will, but but there's this kind of how will it all happen? But at in lots of will they won't they stories, once they will, like once they are together, then the story just falls apart. It's called and, um, the moonlighting curse in television parlance. And uh, this happened in Psych. So spoiler alert: uh, Psych just. Do you, do you need to be careful me. touching on topics that Joseph might have on his list? I don't care. I mean, I'm not. Pick, I'm not picking Psych right now. I'm just saying that uh, Psych uh, had a really great run for a while, and then the Will They Won't They story got lame for me, and then and then they finally did, and then I just I completely lost interest. And Castle has this way of every season reinventing itself um, and reinventing the relationship between them uh, to where they there's there's this long period where they're kind of. Um, it's like a really true. It's like a real true. Will they? Won't they? And then finally, they're together, and they're together for a while, and then they, um, you know, they get married, 
and this and the story is still just consistently good like season after season after season it's good and i'm interested in them and they find interesting ways to make their um their story appealing and intriguing um and uh, I, I just I, I can think of so many episodes of Castle that have really drawn just drawn me in um, that are memorable that will last with me for a long long time. So that's my pick number three: Richard Castle and Kate Beckett from Castle. Great pick. All right, uh, mixing things up, I am going to select our first comic book couple, and I will be taking the couple that appeared. In the very first superhero comic book ever published, Action Comics number one, which introduced the bizarre love triangle of Lois Lane in love with Superman and Superman's secret identity, Clark Kent, in love with Lois Lane. (laughs) It's a fine pick. It's not on my list, but uh, I respect you for it. It is. uh, So in the comic books, it's been running for 75 years. It has appeared in versions of Superman adaptations going back to the uh it's hinted at i mean it's not overly romantic but you see some of it kind of in the fleischer cartoon shorts where she lois lane kind of seems more interested in superman and more excited when he's around and just kind of like oh clark what are you doing (laughs) whenever whenever clark is around but he always he always gets in that little smirk at the end yes and but superman's always rescuing lois so they don't make it romantic it was a a cartoon that was going to you know air before a movie and there wasn't really long form narrative going on, but there you, you still see the same dynamic at play and it's appeared in, uh, you know, television and film and novels and, uh, all, all the adaptations of Superman play on some level with this, uh, relationship between Clark Kent and Lois Lane and Superman radio. It never Don't. really, the romance was never really there. Those characters were all there and you had the same thing where Lois was always like, Clark, why are you always so, so weak clark why are you never around when the fun things happen with superman uh and you know superman always saves lois you know she gets in trouble and he focuses you know more so than on anyone else on saving lois but they never really turn it into a romance in the radio uh serial um but it's you know it's the element is there it's just such a fascinating dynamic and it's so iconic that you know even people who have never read a superman comic book or even really sat down and watched any of the television adaptations of him or anything at all they they know Superman and Lois Lane. Yeah, yeah, but but you know Superman and Lois Lane. Like, I do you know, know Superman and Lois Lane. Um, you know she's she is as an iconic a part of his mythology as Kryptonite is, yeah, and absolutely. I think it is a fascinating dynamic that um, ebbs and flows and varies throughout. You know they, they've had times in the comics where she knew who he was, and then they reboot the whole universe, and she doesn't, and you know, <laughs> uh, and, and every film adaptation or television show does its own twist on it. You know every but. If you're reading a Superman story and it's going for any length of time, you know at some point they're going to address the Lois Lane dynamic somehow. Do you want to pick a particular Superman, Clark Kent, and a particular <laughs> Lois Lane? You can even pick a particular Superman and a different Clark Kent if you want. Uh, I think the best portrayal of this dynamic is is from the Richard Donner Superman film with Christopher Reeves. Uh, and I, I'm blanking on the actress's name. Let me pull that up. That be the, that's the first Superman film. That yeah, the first about. Superman film. That, as far as getting that dynamic, that's probably my favorite. The um, one is really great, and it's got that moment where they Margot get Kidder. mugged. Yes, uh, it's Margot Kidder, and she's a wonderful Lois Lane. She is uh, brassy and tough, and a no-nonsense reporter. And she goes to get her story, which you don't always have 
and all the other interpretations. Also, the uh, the Superman animated series did a pretty good job with the dynamic. Um, it had a good Lois Lane in there. But I'd say, as far as like that aspect of the Superman story, that film captures it best. The only thing I remember from those films, I remember two things from those films, and I don't remember which films they were, but I remember um, them flying in the air together. Yeah. And this like um, cheesy music playing as they sort of fly around. So cheesy. And then I also remember him uh, flying around the world backwards to to turn back time. So he yeah, could go I'm, back I'm not and talking about Lois. the whole story, <laughs> but I say that is what I would choose. I'm just talking about the dynamic of Clark Kent and Lois Lane and Superman, which no. I agree. I I, I, uh, I like I said, I respect it. I'm uh, I don't respect it as much as I respect Carl and Eddie Fredrickson. I feel like, um, but you know, to each his own. All right. What's your uh, What's your number four, Todd? That's uh, fine. That's a really good question. Let me look at my list here. So I'm gonna see where I'm gonna go. Uh, I feel like every list of uh, great characters and great love stories needs to have a um, an animated story, and uh, there are a few really good stories to choose from. You took um, one of them that I it wasn't even on my radar, but absolutely should have been. Um, I am going to go with my number four pick. I know that this is, uh, this may be controversial, but I'm going with it anyway. I'm going with 1991 Disney Beauty and the Beast. Not on my list, but probably my favorite Disney film from that Renaissance era of Disney animation. Yeah, it is mine. Um, I'm going to call that rock solid for sure. And here's the thing, I, uh, I've, I've had this on my mind a lot, um, this idea of, and I know that this is problematic, there are a lot of people that are going to say, oh, all the Disney movies are so uh, anti-feminist, and, um, and, uh, and that this idea that if you, if you marry a guy that's a creep that you could make him better is absolutely a dangerous idea in real life. Um, but I I always saw the story um, more as uh, just a story about her. I mean, I think that Belle in this story is one of the best Disney characters. Um, <laughs> so I remember when I was a little kid, I would listen to like Disney radio on the radio. Do you ever listen to that? Radio Disney, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were going through a list of like the best characters. I was young. I mean, I was really young. 1991 I was nine years old um and uh that's the same year that uh that our old uh, friend Thanos was published Ooh, despite his love will not be appearing in this discussion (laughs) hey I haven't I haven't reached number 10 yet sorry sorry (laughs) he's not on my list even though he nearly destroyed the universe in the name of love so they were talking about the worst characters in uh, in all of Disney and their number one worst character was Ariel from the Little Mermaid which I absolutely agree with who's willing to sacrifice her father and all of her family for some dumb boy uh, and Beauty and, and Belle in Beauty and the Beast is the exact opposite. She's willing to sacrifice herself for her father, which I think is really cool. And uh, she's just a really great character all the way through. And I like Beast, and I like his arc. And um, so, yeah, and, and the, and the story is populated with great characters like Lumiere and Cogsworth and Mrs. Potts. This is great. It's so, a really, really good story. I want to I throw this out there. I'm a, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, so... I feel like it's okay to admit that in more recent years than I think you guys would have, I've had discussions with the fellas 
you know, who's the best Disney female lead <laughs> and and whatnot. And Bella's, please tell me that you're talking about their their um, character and their agency. Obviously, that's what he's talking about. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else you'd be going through. Um, These aren't shallow men we're talking about, Todd. <laughs> um, but Belle is always on, you know, like like everybody's top five. Yeah. You know, and, and really top three, I think. If you, if, you, uh, if you were to date any Disney princess, which one would you want to date? And I, I, Belle was universally... You know, in 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 the top consideration. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. she's she's in my top three. No, but I'll tell you that uh, she is she is a fantastic, strong character, and and I like this story. Yeah, I think it holds up still. The music is great. The characters are great. The story um, is solid, and I like it. I, I'm I'm proud of my number four pick. All right, for my number five, I'm going to go back to the well of Greek mythology, which means I'm going to attempt to pronounce <laughs> a, a Greek name, uh, Orpheus and Eurydice. Oh, you were going to go with that one. That would have been mine. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with this particular myth, Orpheus uh, is in love with Eurydice. He marries her. They live happily for a little bit because she dies uh, and he is so in love with her and his his lament for her is so strong I think he, he plays on a lyre I think this is part of it that every, everything weeps with him when he plays on a lyre of his his grief like this heart heart wrenching grief that his wife is, has died uh, and the entire you know the gods and all, all creatures kind of weep with him over this and he actually walks into Hades and you know uh, is the only in all of Greek myth he's the only one who ever is able to convince Hades to release his soul back to life um, and it, it just doesn't have the happiest ending as <laughs> yeah he's given if we if we're gonna be it's, honest it's a real tragedy yeah if we're gonna stop the story there that he gets Hades to release his soul back to life great you know uh, but he's given the caveat that as he's walking out of Hades he cannot look back at her at all she has to follow him and he can't look back to see if she's following and just as they reach the doors of Hades and are about to pass back into the into mortality he he looks back and she's taken from him forever and, and so it's a bit of a downer ending uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> there's a uh, you know his love isn't just his willingness to go back you know to, to walk through Hades uh, you know cross you know the Rubicon and all the other things that are involved with that kind of journey and to actually convince the you know the the god of the underworld to to release the soul. It's uh, you know the I, I think it's also that moment when he's playing a song for his 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 lost wife and all of creation mourns with him. Ah, uh, that's a it just breaks my heart every time. I yeah, I, so I've bookended my five picks with Up and Orpheus and Eurydice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess romance does not always end in happiness in my in my draft class <laughs> no it does not um yours is much more upbeat todd looking over yours yeah it, it's, <laughs> uh, i uh oh. so did we say we're gonna do five or are we gonna go through ten i i can keep going what's our time at i'm i'm happy to keep going let's keep we're going like, we're like, we're like 40 minutes so i, I think more 
At least go to seven. Okay. Okay. So uh, for my next pick, my number five, um, I think that every uh, team of love, love, uh, uh, romantic uh, teams needs to have uh, somebody from a romantic comedy from the nineties. <laughs> and uh, there are actually some really see I'm like going back and forth in my mind on this right now as we're speaking but I am going to pick don't pick it don't pick it I've got one on my list (laughs) this is really hard Uh, I'm going to go with the one that I think I've seen probably more but this is really a toss up for me so I'm going to do this one if you don't pick if if you don't pick the next one then uh, we'll see but I'm going to go with while you were sleeping from 1995 that was that was the only romantic comedy I had on my list. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> uh good. Well, uh, I stole it from you. So I'm going to go with While You're Sleeping. This uh, stars Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman, who I just really like the way that he talks. He doesn't. He doesn't usually play the leading man in these situations, does he? No, but I think he does it really well. And the guy. So this is a story of this woman who. Um, is in love with uh, a guy who uh, she works at the train station and he comes every day and uh, buys his ticket and she just sort of longs for him but he has no idea who she is and um, one day uh, he gets um, he's getting mugged and he falls onto the railroad tracks and the train's coming and she jumps on and saves him and they're carting him off he's unconscious like in a coma and she says, I was going to marry him. And then somebody says, oh, you're his fiance. And so she's, um, she, she just kind of goes along with it. And this family thinks that uh, she's her, their, their son or their brother or whoever, um, his fiance. And so she spends the holidays with this family and, and then ends up falling in love with his brother, who is Bill Pullman who's really cool. And uh, it's just a great story. There's the guy uh, whose name I can't remember who shares the apart- is in the apartment building with her, and he says, Hey, Luce! That guy. Hey, Luce! Joe Jr.? Joe Jr., yes. <laughs> Joe Jr. is fantastic. And, um, and so, yeah, I just really, I really like While You Were Sleeping. I think it's a really good film. So that's right. my pick. That was, as I said, the only uh, romantic comedy I had in my in my pool that I was going to be making a selection from. Okay, well, I'm not going to pick another romantic comedy, so can I tell you the other one that was on my list? Yeah, please do. Uh, you've Got Mail. Oh, oh, okay. That's what I talked about with my wife when we were discussing possibilities. You've Got Mail is a really good, uh, it's a really good movie, too, and I really like the Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks yeah, um, I, team. I, I always oscillate between You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle. I like You've Got Mail better. Yeah, I like you've got mail better. While you're sleeping is is interesting too. But you all, you all aren't going for Joe versus the volcano, the <laughs> the other early <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks Meg, Meg Ryan, Ryan collaboration. No, I just thought of another. I just thought of another Meg Ryan one that is not going to be on my list and probably not yours. Can I? Are we safe to say you're that safe. Meg Ryan's There's off no, the list now? No, no it's, a, it's a good one. I think um, where you're going. Kay and Leopold. So good. Is another. I've only um, seen that one once. Hugh Jackman is just so too, great. It's Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan, and it's a good, uh, good romantic comedy. Huh? I think. I don't remember. I don't remember everything about it, but I do remember thinking, "Oh, that was a good." The, the great thing about that is you get Hugh Jackman and Liev Schreiber 
in a romantic comedy side by side. <laughs> there, Wolverine before, and like, and then and then just a few years later, Wolverine and Sabretooth. Wolverine and Sabretooth. That's in a, good. In a film that we will never be discussing. <laughs> great stories. <laughs> that Wolverine film was a mess. So bad. All right, uh, I'm gonna go a little more upbeat after some of my choices. <laughs> uh, my favorite sitcom of all time uh, includes an 11 year romantic subplot between Niles and Daphne from Frasier. Oh, that's a good pick. I don't know this. Uh, I don't know this one as well as you do for sure. I think I've only ever seen like maybe one episode, probably with you. But <laughs> <laughs> I've but, seen uh, the entire series. Solid pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say this series kind of has two through lines through their 11 years from where they begin. Uh, one is Niles and Daphne. Uh, from the beginning, Niles is madly in love with Daphne. He's in a loveless marriage with a character that we never meet named Maris, who's horrible to him. Uh, and eventually he gets divorced from her. But right when he's getting divorced from her, of course, Daphne gets engaged uh, to, to, to another guy. Uh, and, you know, he, he finally announces his love to her uh, and she leaves her fiance at the altar and it's not all smooth sailing from there because um, one thing that I think they did that was really wise and so for some people this is like down you know less quality but I think it's really interesting is they deal with the issue that he has been in love with her for so long that he's placed her on a pedestal and he is in love with this idea of Daphne uh, you know who is a counterpoint to Maris the loveless marriage that he was in yeah and they have to work through that. And, and there's some serious moments within this very, to me, hilarious series of Frasier where it, they have to fall in love with each other as they really are and not with the ideas of one another that they've mm-hmm. kind of had. Uh, and, and then the other through line that I think when, you know, melds these 11 years of this great sitcom is uh, in, in the very beginning, Frasier and his dad have such a horrible relationship and Frasier has to let him move in because his dad's been shot in the hip and isn't able to take care of himself because his dad was a cop. And they're just always at each other's throat. And then at the end of the series, the two things that happen are Niles and Daphne have been married and they have their first child. Um, and, you know, that that happens in the series finale. And the other thing is Frazier says that he's moving. And his dad is also moving on. His dad has, has met someone uh, and, and is getting married. But they're very sad that they're going to be separate because they, they've grown together. And so there's these two great through lines of Frazier and his dad growing closer together and bonding. And then Niles and Daphne... Uh, overcoming all sorts of insane obstacles, including, you know, a, a loveless marriage that one of them did, uh, you know, through these 11 years uh, to end at this wonderful point where one, you know, family has, has been formed, a loving husband, wife with a child, and Frazier's taking a new job in another city, but it actually is hard on everyone because they've, they've bonded so much, whereas at the beginning, if one of them had moved out, they both would have been happier. Mm. I think, I think nice. a great element to that one is the way they play Niles being in love with her, especially in the earlier seasons when she doesn't know anything about it. Well, she doesn't know anything about it until I, it's like season seven. Like they, they, they milked this for seven years of Niles being madly in love. And, and always you know, saying things like yeah, she'll say something that, that and he'll meanings that make Frazier roll his eyes in the background. Cause Frazier knows, but Daphne <laughs> just thinks he's you know saying one thing and really he's saying something else. Nice. I like that. We, I'm sure that we will have uh, an opportunity to talk more about Frasier. I, I would think so. <laughs> Considering your love for that, uh, yeah, that series, is, is there's no way, there's no way that we escape this project without <laughs> visiting that. So I look forward to that conversation. All right, Todd, you're you're number six on your team. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think. 
Do I go old or young here? I'm going to go... I think I don't have any... Let's see here. I've got Wesleyan Buttercup. Okay. Um, in the continuing the... No, I'm going to switch. I'm calling an audible. Calling an audible? Okay. Yep, I'm doing it. All right. Uh, I don't have a um, uh, a couple from real life. You know, history? Yeah, I don't, I don't either. And uh, now I do because I'm picking for my number six, John and Abigail Adams. When you oh, said it was someone from history. The HBO series, uh, John Adams. So you're not fine, fine uh, piece of filmmaking about John Adams and his wife Abigail is awesome. And they have a really, really great relationship. And she has some amazing moments. Uh, two that stick out in my mind are um, when he's talking about, there's a, there's a scene where he's talking about Congress and um, politics, and he says something about that women shouldn't be involved in politics, and she goes absolutely berserk on him <laughs> about uh, that politics matters to women uh, because when they try to do their job, um, and they can't because they don't have food or, you know, the staples that they need, um, that women absolutely should be involved in politics. And it's a really, she's a very great, strong female character. I really, really like Abigail. And then there's a great scene at the end when they're very old and he's the president and she's reading, um, his mail that he's getting and he was being criticized by the people in the country and she's so mad at the people writing these letters. And they're just this, like, cute old couple sitting on this couch. And <laughs> um, and she's reading all of these horrible, horrible things that people are saying about him. And he's kind of quietly puffing on his pipe. And um, oh, is this, these people are insulting him, saying that he's bald and old and that his teeth are falling out. And she says... She says nobody would say any of nobody would have said any of these things about about uh, George Washington, and he says, "Well, maybe that his teeth were falling out." And then they both just start laughing hysterically, and it's, they just have like such a solid, uh, authentic relationship, um, and I really, really like it a lot. And that series is super strong, and uh, so that's my number six: John Adams and uh, Abigail Adams from John Adams. That's the two thousand eight HBO series. Right. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, uh, it is one of the most famous couples I'd say in American history. Uh, for you know, students of that, that the letters between them are are like iconic archival things <laughs> for American history. Yes. The way they communicated with each other, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think more people need to be aware of that of, of Abigail Adams. Certainly, uh, just a fascinating figure in American history, but also you know, John Adams was. Not insignificant. <laughs> no, he was not insignificant <laughs> in, in in American history. Uh, but I, th- I think probably too few people are aware of Abigail Adams, and I know I need to know more about her because the little I do know is fascinating. Yeah, it's a it's a really and that that film series is just I, like I can't. I'm not usually in the habit of like everybody should go and watch this thing uh, because. Um, because I, then I get myself in trouble for lots of reasons. But, man, that's a really, really good piece of filmmaking. And so, anyway, John Adams and Abigail. All right. Well, I... Number seven. 
I'm all over the place on which one of the my remaining ones I should pick for number seven. I think we, should we wrap it up at seven, and then we'll just say what our final ones were afterwards. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll do like a lightning round. At the okay. End. I think for number seven, I'm going to go back to insane time travel stories and pick Desmond Hume and Penny from Lost. Oh. One of my very favorite episodes of that series, which I still love that series, even though I know the internet is very disappointed in its finale. I still love it. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it too. That episode's the highest rated episode of the entire show. Like in terms of like fans like, um, rating it, or? there's that there's that site you you showed oh, me okay. where the fans rate it. Where, yeah, not, you, there's a site where you can see every episode of a series, like what the rankings are in chart form uh, by IMDb users, and so I guess the constant is yes. the number one. But, I mean, uh, they're mentioned in several episodes, and the relationships explored in in a few, but the constant's really the the romantic one. Yeah, in this episode, Desmond Hume is uh, his mind is slipping in time um snapping back and forth between what for the audience is the present in i want to say 2005 four six, four <laughs> 2004 uh and sometime in the 90s in his past and so we keep seeing uh, but he knows that this is happening and it's driving him insane this this snapping back and forth and it's harming him he's getting nosebleeds it's going to kill him unless he can find a constant to latch on to that will uh, ground him in a time period and uh, at the end of the episode he's able to communicate with the love of his life Penny who he's been lost on this island for I want to say three years at this point he's been lost and had no communication with the outside world and he gets a radio call from Penny and that is his constant Penny is his constant that grounds him and allows his mind to stop slipping back and forth and she has been searching for him for these three years like she hasn't just said, oh my love was lost at sea she's been out hunting him and, and using all of her resources and all of you know, the knowledge that she can gain and apply to this to, to figure out where Desmond is. And if you watch Lost, no one can find this island. <laughs> it is impossible, but she did. She found a way to communicate uh, with him because she loved him so much that she, she put all of her effort into finding him, and that is what is able to, to prevent him from, from losing his mind and, and uh, dying is you know, the implication that we're given through this, that if his mind keeps snapping, it's not just that he'll lose his sanity, it's that he'll physically die. I yeah, think... I um I have a hard time remembering specifics about Lost, but that would definitely be a candidate for if we were looking for an episode to talk about for Lost. That yeah, it's be, it's one of my favorites, and I love yeah. the way that Desmond he's he's Scottish. I love the way he says Penny's name. Yes. <laughs> well, and just for that, we should talk about it. <laughs> so we could both do really bad Scottish accents for an entire episode. <laughs> Great listening. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, people would just be lining up to hear that. <laughs> And one of the parts that I love the most from from the constant from that episode is, uh, is so he has to get the radio and Saeed has to fix it up so he can make the call. And in the past, he has to go get her phone number and tell her not to change it for eight years. <laughs> and so that I'm, I'm going to call you. <laughs> I'm going to call you eight years from now. It's going to be Christmas Eve in 2004. And then, you know, the idea that she knew he was missing but was still waiting for him to call on that day she knew that she'd get that phone call yeah and and that was just a really great moment i thought nice good pick good pick all right todd your final pick for our our draft my final pick (laughs) this is a tough one um i've got uh, let's see I'm gonna go young. I'm gonna go with some young youngsters again, and uh, another classic from. I'm, we're gonna go back, a little back in time. 
being at SEU, uh, where oh, we have the... I, I know uh, what you're taking. <laughs> the uh, Shakespeare Theater yeah. uh, f- Festival. Shakespeare Utah Shakespearean Festival. Festival. A, a model of the globe. And uh, we have a model or of I, I guess, the theater uh, of the globe here. Yes. It's, um, a recreation of the globe. Mm-hmm. And uh, this last uh, semester, I watched our students put on a performance of Midsummer Night's Dream. And... I had and, two Shakespeare couples written down, and neither of them appeared in Midsummer Night's Dream. Midsummer Night's Dream. I, so uh, this is, uh, that performance that they did was so delightful. And again, it's, I mean, there are lots of romantic couples in the story. Um, Hermia Lysander and Helena and Demetrius are the, the, I guess, the main couples in this. But, man, just a, just a delightful story. Um, great characters. Puck is, uh, of course... Um, one of Shakespeare's most iconic characters, I think. And uh, this scene where um, these four lovers uh, have been, uh, what, enchanted? They have a spell put on them so that they're in love with the people that they shouldn't be. I mean, the... the they've been misaligned. In the They've been misaligned. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, the, the, um, the goal was to get the right couples together and Puck screwed it up. And they they have this great scene in the forest when they're all yelling at each other, and it's just uh, it's just magic. It's great. So Midsummer Night's Dream. Other great characters pick. in there. Bottom is uh, hilarious. Yes, <laughs> Bottom. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Good good choice. Um, Who were what were your uh, what were your Shakespeare? Well, stories? I had I, I was planning on maybe picking one of these. Uh, one was Romeo and Juliet. You can't talk about angsty teenage love <laughs> without talking about Romeo and Juliet. It captures it so very well. What it's like when it is, you know, the entire world is hinging on you being with this one person that you don't know very well, but you're really, really in love with. Um, and then a more mature love from my favorite Shakespeare play, Much Do About Nothing. I love Beatrice and Benedict, not Hero. Uh, not, that's uh, a really uh, good yeah, pick. Not, not Claudio and Hero. That is not a good. <laughs> good strong couple but Beatrice and Benedict I love uh, yeah. the way that they are tricked to falling in love but you feel that they really do fall in love like uh, they would not have seen each other in the light they see each other without their friend's help but they truly come to be in love with one another nice and it's much more mature love than what we see in Romeo and Juliet though that is an iconic portrayal of, of a certain kind of love that we have in Romeo and Juliet yeah see like Romeo and Juliet are, it's, it's such an obvious pick but I don't really want them on my team yeah, <laughs> they they do not lift the team up. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously, looking at our list, I'm okay with some love stories ending sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you avoided that. I did. I did. Yeah. I'd right, like... Lightning round. Other picks that you had. Wait, done. wait, wait. Let me, let me oh. throw in my Shakespeare one. I would go with uh, as you like it. Oh, another good choice. Uh, my favorite version is. I think it was like a PBS thing. They said it in feudal Japan, and it was. Brilliant. That was actually an HBO version that came yeah, out. Yeah, it's a really good Really? It's HBO? Yeah. Ah, really but it was, it was, that worked out so well. Yeah, it's and, got, and uh, they were able to keep some of the, the lines that you wouldn't think worked there, and they worked really well. Opie's daughter is in there, right? Yes, uh, Howard. Uh, Bryce Dallas. Bryce Dallas Howard. Is that her name, really? Yeah. I think so. yeah. Wow. I can't believe I just pulled that out. She's really good in Village. Yeah. She's also really good in um, the other one that nobody liked, but that I actually did. Woman in the Water? Woman? Yes. Yeah, Lady, Lady in, the, in water. the Water. Lady in the Water. I, 
I actually kind of like that one too. It's not on for me. It's not in the bad list of Shyamalan films. I like there the, is a bad like, list of Shyamalan. Yeah, I like the portrayal of the uh, literature professor in Lady in the Water. Well, I, I like how he's playing with classic literary tropes in the way he he does. I like how he gets eaten. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, we should. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to bring out my dead. All okay, right. here we go. This is my lightning round. Uh, I've got the 1982 film Scarlet Pimpernel. Okay. Uh, I've got uh, Bogart and Bacall in The Big Sleep. I've got Peter and Kitty from Astonishing X-Men. Oh, good choice. I've got Robin Hood and Maid Marian from the 1973 cartoon. I've got uh, Rapunzel and um, Eugene from Tangled. I've got You Got Mail. I've got, um, uh, what's her name, Maria and the guy that's the guy in uh, Sound of Music 1965. I thought you were thinking of West Side Story. No, 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 that's too sad. Uh, yeah, it would be on my list, Andrew. <laughs> I've got the the uh, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, Vera Ellen uh, uh, team in the nineteen forty five nineteen fifty four White Christmas. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. And then I've got, um, and this is uh, this this would have probably been a controversial pick uh, because I don't know that they're like the most romantic couple in the world, but I wanted them on my team, uh, Mister and Mrs. Weasley. From uh, the Harry Potter stories, um, I think they would have been a really great grounding influence. I ended up going for uh, the Adams family, <laughs> not not the Adams family, but the Adams. Uh, you know, John also some Abigail. some great romantic scenes in there, though. <laughs> yes, uh, to be sort of my grounding uh, inf- uh, influence in my on my team. But Mr. and Mrs. Weasley would have been a great pick. Um, I've got Tom Hanks and Sandra Bullock from Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, that 2011 film. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, just a beautiful relationship in marriage, and um, and their relationship is explored in a really interesting way because they're not actually together. Um, he's died in the Twin Towers, and it's beautiful. And my final pick is also another one that I'm sure that uh, it's it's this is not a love story, but this is a couple that I would love to have on my team are uh, Mr. and Mrs. Robinson from the Swiss Family Robinson, <laughs> <laughs> not from not Mrs. Robinson from uh, <laughs> the Graduate, <laughs> not from the Graduate, but uh, but the Robinson, you know, the 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 mom and dad in the Swiss Family Robinson. That's a show I watched a ton as a kid, and they have just an awesome relationship. And uh, and I like them both very much, and I wish that they were on my team. But they just have to—they'll just have to be uh, backup backups for right. now. They didn't make the top seven. That, those are my those are my picks, and I'm sticking with them. Okay, uh, my lightning round ones that I didn't pick. Let me just make sure I don't miss in here. All right, uh, Jim and Pam from The Office. Okay, <laughs> I had uh, Paris and Helena from The Iliad. A uh, fine pick. Yeah, uh, Phil and Rita from Groundhog Day. Oh, that's a really good pick. We will talk about Groundhog Day. That is always in my top five movies, in my constantly shifting list of top five movies. That one will never leave it. Uh, Mary and Cousin Matthew from <laughs> Downton Abbey. When it's happy, you know. <laughs> Again. I ended when they got together at Christmas time. Yeah. That Christmas episode is the last episode of Downton Abbey that I've seen. Well, if uh, I'll just say it goes in the vein of some of my other picks. <laughs> 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 from there uh, Frank and Sadie Doyle from Sterling Adventure Hour a podcast in the style of old time radio that I thoroughly enjoy uh, I had While You Were Sleeping as an option but you took that Rocky and Adrian um, I thought about them but 
And then um, I, I had Superman, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, that weird mix. I am going to omit Spider-Man from this and say Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy from Amazing Spider-Man 2 particularly. That's a very uh, I will cut out all the superhero stuff and just have Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy as my pick <laughs> from that film. Because uh, that's a great part of the film. The rest of the film is a bit of a mess. The Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. I have actually not seen that one yet. I love Peter and Gwen, and I could completely do without Electro and the other... And a lot of other stuff. Yeah, a lot of the other odds and ends of that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Well... Well, uh, Our judge, producer Andrew, hit us. I want to say I'm really sad neither of you picked my personal favorite. Um, I don't know if Todd's actually watched it at all. I know Joseph has, which would be Chuck and Sarah from Chuck. Oh. Yeah, I, I I think I thought of that early on, but I forgot to put it in. Yeah, um, I have seen uh, a fair bit of Chuck. I haven't seen all of Chuck, but I've seen enough episodes to know um, what it's about. And um, I think it's fine. I mean, you can have it. I, I <laughs> absolutely concede them to you because I don't want them on my team. I would have taken them on my team. I want Sarah on my team because yes. she will destroy any enemy that I have. That's true. And Chuck will tell her what information she needs in the process because he has a computer in his brain. Go on, Andrew. All right. Andy. So, so I've I've looked over the list and and it's really tight. Uh, but I uh, because I have a. Soft I'm so ashamed that I even care about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling worked up. Like my gut is churning here. I want to know, and I'm planning a celebration or a despair sound. No. <laughs> And now, and, and, and neither of you knew this going in, and so you weren't tailoring anything to your judge. I am a sucker for the tragedies. Oh. I think I know which way this is leaning, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, like, uh, essentially it means Joseph gets a little bit of an extra bump from, from Orpheus being really tragic and really sad That's and true. unfortunate. And Todd's all ended pretty happy. And, and there's just not enough tears on Todd's list to give me the, the real romance. So the winner is Joseph. Yes! Take it that, Todd! Congratulations. But it was, it was really close. Sad, sad. <laughs> Romantic man. I'm going to take all my people with healthy, happy relationships, and we're going to go have a good time. So this was our first uh, draft-style podcast. I enjoyed it. There may be some in the future. Uh, but I'm currently one to know. One to know. I uh, I really enjoyed this, and um, thank you for agreeing to do this thing, and thank you for all the people on the incomparable who taught me the beauty of drafts, <laughs> and I hope that they're okay with me stealing their idea. Uh, we will generally be doing our traditional format of talking about a great character and a great story, but every now and then we may throw in a special episode with something like this, with a, just kind of a crazy idea that one of us had. Uh, to to mix things up a bit, I'd say it I feel worked. Like there was something else I wanted to say, and now I can't remember what it was, and it's kind of driving me crazy. But I've got to say, like, I think these two teams are really excellent. Like, like you would be hard pressed to find a third team that's as good as either of these two. I think. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I will say this: um, as I brought this up, uh, we were eating dinner the other day. My mom was here, and my sister in law. 
um, and I brought this up, and they both said Jane Eyre, and Jane Eyre would have been on my list if I could remember anything about Jane Eyre, no, except not. except that it, it's a. I mean, I know that it's a great love, great classic love story, and I actually re- really enjoyed it when I read it in high school, but I haven't read it since then. I don't think I've even seen a. That's film the one with Rochester, then. correct? We're talking so, about yes. Jane and so, Rochester. mom, uh, you're just gonna have to. I think my wife not adding Jane Eyre to my list. But. My wife would have had Jane Eyre in her list, and uh, it was not one that I really considered. I think that there are a lot of people. I think were, if maybe we were not two white males born the same year who grew up in the same region, <laughs> we might have had <laughs> some different lists that came out of this process. But you know what, listeners? If you have your own list, feel free to share them with us. We will gladly, uh, in a future episode, use any comments that we get about this and share uh, any recommendations that people have for great uh, romantic couples. This is going to wrap up our episode with our lists, uh, but please share yours with ours. You can do that through feedback at protagonistpodcast.com or on the Facebook page. It is a Facebook group called Protagonist Podcast Group. Uh, you can find complete show notes with notes about things we talked about in this episode and a list of all of our shows at protagonistpodcast.com. And if you have suggestions of things you want to hear about in the future, please let us know. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week to talk about a great character and a great story. So long. Can I say just one really quick thing before we t- like totally sign off? Uh, I would just, I would really, maybe this is, maybe this is too like um, exposing myself too much, but I would really love to have a community build up around talking about this stuff. I know that people, I talk to people in my real life who are like, oh yeah, I listen to your podcast and it's great. So if you're listening to a podcast right now, then really send us a note because we would love to hear um, about your thoughts about what we're doing. So really, um, join us. Yeah, and I think this particular episode is a great one to get some feedback. And uh, if, if we get enough feedback coming our way in a future episode, we'll probably do a supplemental episode where instead of talking about a great character and a great story, we'll just do some viewer mail and talk about uh, things that you guys are telling us. Some, some great fans of a great podcast. Thank yes. you. Yes. Nice, nicely played. I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we will say so long. So long. It'll be better next week. What will be better next week? Us. We're getting better doing this. Yeah, but I thought that was actually a really good episode. It was good. I think people are going to enjoy it. have a backup recording going <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> okay good uh we have two backups and wait why two raw i with mine i thought i'd hit record <laughs> <laughs> i uh turns out i didn't until 